Hey guys, how sure are we that the Task Force X team actually saved the day? I mean, how do we really, really know if we witness reality? Uh, isn't messing with people's minds exactly what the Enchantress does for, like, a living? Just before the climax of the movie, our anti-heroes get a few feet from the Enchantress and she already knows that they're there. So, like any insanely overpowered villain would do, the Enchantress starts controlling the minds of at least Deadshot, Harley Quinn, and El Diablo, showing them their perfect realities. But, much like the original form of the Matrix, the worlds that Enchantress created were too perfect and that caused Diablo to realize it was fake. But having this incredible power at her disposal, are we supposed to believe that Enchantress performed a one-and-done deal with her visions? The Suicide Squad members completely believe that they were experiencing reality, or at least they were too happy to question it when Enchantress was controlling their minds. So it seems like doing some tweaks of that illusion would be more useful than abandoning that ability. I mean, it would kind of be like Professor Xavier saying, I'm not going to use my telekinetic powers anymore. It's like, okay, well then what good are you really? That's the best trick at your disposal. That's all you really use. So why should we believe that the Enchantress is throwing away her best trick after one failed attempt? Look what happens after Diablo breaks free of Enchantress's visions. He turns into some kind of giant Incan or Mayan fire god and beats Incubus, a being that is basically all-powerful, into the ground. Then an explosion is detonated, and the great and powerful Incubus is no more? Just like that? Too easy. And what about Enchantress, allowing Harley Quinn to walk right up to her and slash her across the chest, ending the fight? Yet, just moments before, we were shown that Enchantress can read minds, and that's how she gives such precise illusions. So how did Enchantress not know in advance that Harley was going to try and take her heart? I mean, I guess you could argue that Harley is psychotic and maybe she didn't decide to hurt Enchantress until the last moment, but I don't think Harley is really as crazy as she acts. We get several hints in the movie that Harley had a baby, possibly twins. Not only is that part of her fantasy moment when the Enchantress takes over her mind, but when she comes out of the vision, she says, he married me, not we had a family, which basically says that the baby part is not any surprise to her. The surprise was that the Joker married her. In another scene, when the camera pans back to show the Joker's OCD arrangement of his weapons, in the top of the screen, there are multiple onesies shown. Yet, neither Harley or Joker ever directly reference any children, meaning they were likely taken from Harley, and she didn't fight it because she knows that to be a mother, she has to be Harleen Quinzel, and that would mean giving up her Joker addiction. In fact, there is a comic version of Harley Quinn that had a daughter named Lucy, and Harley left that baby with her sister so that the baby would be safe. Now, safety isn't something that a psychopath generally thinks about, and that issue of Injustice, Gods Among Us, Year 2, Number 13, is a really difficult-to-read tearjerker. Harley shows us a rarely seen side, showing that she consciously chose to put her daughter above all else, 
even disappearing for almost a year so that the Joker wouldn't know about the baby being born. So if Harley had to keep the pregnancy a secret, then she knows that something is wrong with her lifestyle and with how the Joker behaves. Yeah, 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 I know already. String theory, multiverse, infinite Earths, and all that stuff. It makes it so that every incarnation of Harley Quinn can be completely different. But let's take another look at the live-action Harley Quinn's behavior. In the extended edition of Suicide Squad, Harley is shown to repeatedly pick at the other members of Task Force X by trying to analyze them and upset them by picking out stereotypical details from their lives that would have caused them to turn into their villainous alter egos. Even during a discussion with Deadshot, Harley says, Another textbook sociopath? That wasn't a flippant statement. That was a behavioral analysis from a doctor. Also, Harley makes the comment that normal is a setting on the washing machine for people like us, which is an incredibly lucid statement for someone to make, especially if she's supposedly off her meds like she mentions in the movie. Being off her medication would make her irrational, paranoid, delusional, and any number of other behaviors depending on what her medications were for. So all of this means that the live-action Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad isn't crazy because she knows she's acting crazy. Harley knows that this is an act to stay with the Joker, maybe with the hopes to someday fix him by relating to him, and her erratic behaviors are all a facade. Harley is acting insane because she's a psychologist who knows exactly what to do to be believable. Okay, so why does she act crazy throughout Suicide Squad then, since the Joker isn't around? Well, I think it's safe to say that Harley knew that the Joker would come for her, so she continued to live her act just in case anyone ever speaks to the Joker about the situation. It reminds me of the movie The Prestige, and in that film they have conversations about how to make magic the most believable, and one of those is that you have to commit and live your lie. And I think to be believable, to satisfy her Joker addiction, to keep trying to work on him as a psychiatrist, Harley is living her lie in this act of playing insane. Then the prison guard slipped Harley a phone from the Joker, and she knew he was looking for her, so Harley had to make sure she was keeping the commitment to her act strong by playing the psycho lover. Now, back to the Enchantress issue. Being that I've just proven that Harley is not insane, that means that she walked up to Enchantress knowing that she would try to kill her. And Enchantress would thereby have known that this would happen since she can read minds. Plus, remember that these two godlike metas were souls trapped in statues. Now, I'll buy that you can kill the person that those souls have taken over, but you cannot kill a demon spirit with knives and bombs. Enchantress and Incubus would have to be resealed in some other talisman to be locked away. Actually, I'm surprised Waller wasn't on top of that part already. I guess with her work on Cadmus and her plans to create Terry McGinnis also happening around this same era, she must have gotten too distracted to account for this issue. But for someone so detail-oriented, Waller dropped the ball here. Or was that why Katana was on this mission with her soul-trapping sword? I'm not sure, since Katana didn't do anything worthwhile in the entire film. Katana failed to deliver on killing either Metagod or even offer up that idea as a plan, but it seems like that should have been her purpose on the team. So maybe a more practical, realistic explanation is that the Suicide Squad didn't win the battle. And instead, Enchantress and Incubus trapped the squad's minds in a powerful illusion. After the utopian version of the Matrix failed, 
The robots didn't give up. They just tweaked their approach. I firmly believe that Enchantress did the same thing, putting her victims back into a different dream world right after Diablo broke everyone else free. Yes, Enchantress does say, how long have you been able to see to Diablo? But this lady can read minds. She knows down to the second when Diablo could start seeing the real world again. And wouldn't asking that question make you feel more confident that you were not still in an illusion? If Enchantress can work on her technology tornado, control dozens of minions, brain suck Miss Waller, and make at least four different hallucinations occur simultaneously, then Enchantress would have no problem knowing that Diablo was mentally free and Killer Croc was planting a bomb. Plus, making one mass hallucination for everyone to share would actually have been less work for Enchantress compared to what she was doing just minutes before making everyone their own individual dream world. That mass hallucination let the squad think they won, even though their attack methods were weak. And Enchantress was shown to easily rip everyone's weapons away from them with one wave of her hand. So there is no way that Enchantress or Incubus could have lost this fight so easily. But by making everyone on the squad believe that they defeated her and that they were going back to jail with a few extra privileges instead of walking away as free men and women, it put just enough flaws in that reality so that no one questioned this new illusion. And had Harley Quinn actually walked up and knelt to Enchantress without slicing through her, I suspect that Harley would have come too by the pillars that she was standing next to when the Enchantress first took over their minds. Likewise, if Deadshot had heeded his daughter's pleas to stop and not detonate the bomb, I believe that he also would have woken up in reality as well. The second illusion, the mass hallucination, was a test to see if any of the Suicide Squad members could be dissuaded from trying to stop Enchantress. If any of them had proven to be a reliable servant, they would have been mentally set free to work for the Enchantress in reality. But because they all fight against Enchantress, they all remain trapped in a hallucination. A world where Deadshot can see his daughter, who hasn't aged a day since he was jailed. A world where Harley goes back to Belrev and her deceased Mr. J shows up to rescue her. A world where we don't know what to believe anymore. And yes, I did see the end credit scene where Bruce Wayne comes in and gets the book of good guy metas. But there's really no time frame to prove when that occurred. Wayne could have been doing this months prior to the Suicide Squad ever forming. I mean, it's true that Waller does reference Midway City and that people want to know what happened there. And Midway City is where the events of Suicide Squad take place for the most part. But Midway City is also where Hawkman and Hawk Girl are from. And Waller could very well be referring to different issues other than the Enchantress and what went on with Task Force X. Since her referencing doesn't get any more direct than that, we can't know for sure. So again, my theory makes it so that we just don't know what to believe anymore. Thanks for watching, and I hope you enjoyed enough to like, subscribe, and share this video. I've also got a lot of other videos on my channel that you are fully encouraged to go check out. Plus, you can find me on Facebook at Say Halo Goodbye, which is my gamer tag, or Twitter at the underscore fanily.